0: Slice audio. And now a free pour from whiskey at
1: work with Mark and Rob.
2: It's uh, it's Rob and it's Houston with whiskey at work, and we're very excited uh, today to be talking with uh, a couple of people that we discovered their whiskey. This was a year oh, and a half ago, oh, yeah, I think.
0: A couple, two, three years ago, I, I think. I think
1: it was just below before COVID. Uh, you're probably I mean, yeah. right. Because we were talking about getting together and then COVID shut things down.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: Right. So, it's yeah.
3: Joel we'll...
2: Kath from Proof Artists and Distillers and Lexi Aho from Proof Artists and Distillers in Fargo, North Dakota. We had a friend that was up there playing in a band. Yep. And we said, Hey, would you go into a liquor store? We've we we've read about this regional whiskey that's being made up in Fargo. And so he went in and brought back a bottle of the... uh, The Glen Fargo and the Double Barrel uh, Crooked Furrow. Yeah, and we tasted it, and both of us were like, this this is almost too good to be from our neck of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously no offense is meant by that, but, you know... We're well, in an area
0: that... Well, we, we've we had some some stinkers from Iowa and sure. South Dakota and <laughs> Wyoming and Montana. So, Joel, I mean, the, the
2: first question that would have to come from this is, why did you decide to start a distillery in Fargo, North Dakota?
1: Well, greetings. Thanks. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yes. uh, that's, that's an often asked question, and it's a little hard to answer. Um, Uh, Most of it comes down to um, a passion for quality. Mm -hmm. Really, I've always been a whiskey fan. Uh, Beer doesn't like me. So since I've been 20 years old, I haven't had 20 beers. But vodkas and gins in the summers, whiskeys in the winters, that's kind of been my passion and and good quality. Um, And I'm a huge foodie also. So uh, it was early on I recognized that there's a difference between vodkas. The poor vodkas or the lower quality vodkas the better tasting and the better quality vodkas and you can tell the difference and as a foodie it was just always kind of fun sampling one blind and going okay what is that and mm-hmm. knowing the difference so you kind of i've developed a palate over the many years uh and appreciating whiskeys as well um and uh, I guess it was about 12 years ago. Came up with the idea, and okay, yeah, let's look into this a little farther. I was really feeling like I missed out on the craft beer movement because mm-hmm. everybody's well, talking it. about beer, and right. I didn't know anything about. I don't know a difference between a porter and an ale, and then somebody <laughs> lately told me they're both ales. So I
2: <laughs> well, and it seems like everybody decides to open up a craft beer distillery too. Everybody thinks it's easy to do stuff like that, and and I and I can't imagine. When you decided to start a distillery, because this isn't like craft beer where you can crank this out in a couple of months and your product's ready to go, the patience, I mean, did you guys, you had to have considered all of that when oh, you got yes. started. It was you and your brother who started this, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It ended
1: up, it wasn't intended to be a family business, but it kind of just evolved into that. Um, but yeah, the, there is a lot of patience for it. Um, another reason why taking it on is kind of the challenge as well. It is a challenge, and it's difficult to do it. By by no means is it easy, Um, but it's it's difficult, it's challenging, and my background in engineering kind of uh, was looking forward to the challenge.
2: Sure. Well, Lexi, then how did you get roped into all of this?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I've been working in the liquor industry since I graduated college from NDSU. Uh, So I've had about 10 to 12 years of prior work with distributors and Um, Bartending, waitressing, all of that stuff. And um, decided that it was time for me to leave one distributor and didn't know what I was going to do. So I jumped on as a waitress at a place and um, actually knew the bar manager at Proof while I was doing that. Reached out to her and I said, any chance they'd be hiring a sales manager? (laughs) And got the, well, actually, we've just talked about it. yeah, you want to meet Joel? And I was like, sure.
2: (laughs) No one had asked yet. You were the first one to go up and say, hey,
3: can they use this? (laughs) Um, And it was really funny because my my first interview uh, was literally sitting down with John Cook, who's one of the investors and everything. And he literally took an hour to tell me all about the business. Wow. From start to finish, what it was. And at the end of it, he goes, so what do you think? You want to work here? And they said, "What's the job?" <laughs> <laughs> now, and in John's
1: defense, um, uh, it wasn't quite an hour. It's fifty-five minutes. Uh, he's, he is he's a former very... professor. No, he's a former professor. Oh, so sure. So he speaks in blocks of fifty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, are, do you like? Did, were you a whiskey fan, Lexi, before you came on, yes. or did it? Did you?
3: Um, so, I had had their vodka gin mm-hmm. right when it was released. Um, it was still in the new process. Uh, but tried it again after talking with John and right before I met Joel and was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, and then got a chance to try the whiskeys and I'm a big Scotch and Irish whiskey fan. Love them. And their Glen Fargo hooked me right on the, right off the bat. Um, their harvest blender our harvest blend is actually one of my all-time favorites for mixability but also holds up to ice melt and everything so you can put it over the rocks and it's still really good and yeah i've been a huge fan of it ever since
0: that's uh you mentioned the Glen fargo yeah we were we were just trying to figure out if if houston took it home and drank it all or if it <laughs> we was still kicking around in the cabinet or,
2: I, i'm sure i finished it uh i that to me is such an interesting category of whiskey right now because it have they we were reading i remember reading up a little bit about it when we had the bottle and we were like what 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 category does this fall under have they determined that yet is there now an official you know because we read that it's 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 based off how scotch is made correct is that kind well, of
1: okay um there's discussions about further clarifying and and quantifying what malt whiskey is right so but, uh, the rules were actually established after prohibition and malt whiskey by ttb rules says that it needs to be at least 51 percent malted barley distilled at whatever's stored in uh, distilled at uh, 165 proof or below stored in brand new american oak charred barrels and that's that's what the simple classification by ttb now um there is a movement, and I'm in favor of that movement, of further qualifying what various malt whiskeys are. Uh, and because there's a, uh, everyone throws out their single malt. Right. Well, actually there is no classification in the federal rules of what is a single malt. And actually there's a lot of people that call it just different things. Um, I take the opinion of that is single malt is, it, is 100% malt, single. You mm-hmm. have a malt. Some people take that further that it's made from one distillery. Okay. Some people take it even further that it's made in one season. Right. So you could have various rules, and there's a lot of discussion on that. And
2: well, that's that's very that sounds like it. mean, that sounds like a cross between a bottled and bond. Because of the one distillery, one season, you know, yes. and then I we've heard people say, well, what it is is it's an American version of how scotch is created because it kind of follows some of those same rules. And, and I, I just was curious as to, you know, your opinion on that.
1: Well, one caveat to it is that uh, the Fed's rules on it is that it is to be stored in a new American oak barrel that's charred.
2: Um, That's a big difference. It's a huge, absolutely
1: huge difference. And when you look at our Glen Fargo American malt whiskey, that bottle, uh, all of the color that that came from the first year or even less in a brand new barrel. We burn through barrels, but we only leave it in for a short amount of time. And I'm giving away secrets here. (laughs) But the reality is we tell people because I'm I'm a huge fan of malt whiskeys. And and, uh, uh, one thing about malts is if you leave it in the new barrel forever, it gets over-oaked. Uh, malt is a very light distillate compared to, to compared to bourbons. Okay. it's very light. It's delicate, much more delicate. Bourbon is harsh and full bodied and very bold mm-hmm. from the corn. Malt is a lot more delicate. Uh, Scotch, they, they put theirs for the most part in used barrels, and then there's a the, um, and left leave it sit for years and years and mm-hmm. years. Uh, so we treat it differently in the U.S. because by rule we have to go into new. Uh, but it also ages and matures and flavors much quicker when you do put it in new. Oh, I said, well, yeah, well, that,
0: yeah, we've had that debate. I mean, Houston's more of a Scotch guy than I am by more than a little, and I love bourbon, and I always give him hard time because you know it takes twenty years to make a good Scotch, but. Because the bourbon took all the flavor out of the barrel already. <laughs> now,
2: see, my argument is the scotch is
0: already super good
2: mm. when it goes into the barrel, so that's that's why.
1: Actually, you're kind of both right on that because it, because that the malt still it is it, you need to come up when we're running malt.
2: I want to. I want to and, see that so bad. I and, think would be amazing. And taste
1: that coming out of the still. Uh, everybody knows what moonshine is mm-hmm. if they haven't had some from a neighbor that has one in their backyard. Um, but corn uh, coming off the still uh, and bourbon coming off the still is quite harsh. And in compared to when you taste uh, malt, 100% malt coming out of the still, it is so much more mellow, smooth, lighter. It's a much more delicate. Some people from bourbon advocates... Um, criticize that oh it's too delicate it should be more bold right uh, but it, it is much They're wrong. different it, it <laughs> is a much different
2: totally
1: uh, spirit coming out of the still
0: okay um, now when you guys no go ahead well i was just wondering you said you leave it in the the new barrel for less time does it then go into a used barrel or are there other rules that you're following or, or are we breaking no depend, it's uh, uh, well the, the rules are
1: we put it we put it into a used barrel at that point uh, it's it's still maturing, but sure. it's not extracting the oak from that if you left it in the if in the new barrel. Okay, and uh, and then that's where um, you know we do a lot of things differently than the large producers because we only have a few hundreds of barrels, not going through a thousand a day. Right. Um, amongst other things, here's another secret that I tell people, and it's out there. Uh, we gradually dilute. We take the spirit and we touch those barrels every couple of months, open them up and slowly add some dilution water into that. Bring the proof down closer to bottling strength when they're ready to be harvested.
0: Does does that gradual addition of water then help bring the, it gives, I assume that it'll give that water a little flavor as it gets to mix and still continue to mature then, right? So you're not just dumping the water on top of it and then bottling it. or
1: yeah, well, when you think about it, when you add a drop of water to whiskey, it brings the whiskey forward. Right. And especially with malts. I'm right? a, I'm a forward.
0: huge fan of that.
2: I, I tell everybody, you know, everybody's like, well, you have to have it neat first to get the... I totally disagree. Add some water to it right away, because I think it's meant, I think especially with bourbon, it's meant to have a little water in there to open it up immediately. I don't know. That's that's and, just my opinion, I guess, but
1: and even with malts, uh, and we'll have to play with that with, with our malt whiskey, but um, yeah. uh, even with an eyedropper of right. water into the malt, it starts a reaction that releases that releases um, aromas. And as the even with just a drop and leave it hang out for 10 minutes, the nose will start taking off in one direction. And my mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, and But the palate doesn't change. And that's what's really cool about what I really like about our Glen Fargo American Malt Whiskey is that it does that.
2: That's awesome. Um, now, when you guys set out to start creating this, you had to have, I'm assuming, a, a, a kind of a, a profile in mind. Or was it all experimental with the, the corn and, and the water and everything you had around Fargo?
1: Oh, there was a lot of denial and... Denial and error. <laughs>
2: Denial
1: Lexi's and giggling error. like she like, knows yeah. something
3: that <laughs> yeah. she shouldn't share.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's just
3: really funny, because when you walk into the distillery, and as we're doing tours around the distillery, there's this giant stand that's called the Wall of Experiments. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome,
0: Mill. And
3: I think there's probably 70 or 80 different jars that are on this wall. Of experiments, and we finally went through them and we organized them and put all new labels on them, and we were asking Joel what we should do with some of them, and he goes, "Oh yeah, that was <laughs> from this experiment," <laughs> and oh wait, I think we can throw this <laughs> one. No, 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 wait, we're gonna keep it.
2: So then, how did you how did you land on the profile that you have? Was it purely a, you tasted it? You're all like, "Yep, this is it."
3: Um.
1: Uh, there's some of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the, on the bourbons, I knew I'm not a huge rye fan, so our, our uh, right off the bat, uh, our uh, mash bill on Crooked Furrow is 80 corn, 20 barley, 20 malt. So no rye. It's not very spicy. That also um, that's probably why to I like it so me. much. Oh, it lends man. it to a little m- smoother because the rye. It's not harsh, mm-hmm. but it is a sh- little sharper of a spirit when there's rye in it. Um, And so we went 80-20 on that, and um, it it flavors up a little quicker. The harshness leaves, the new make leaves it a little quicker. As far as the the malt, um, I I appreciate, I love scotches. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. I I really, and I love all of them. However, I appreciate the highlands better than the... Malt, uh, the, the islands, islands.
2: Yeah. The, islands. <laughs> and the and the Lagavulin's, and
1: I appreciate oof. them. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the the smoke gives me heartburn. Yes. The iodine, I'm, it's just I I love the tradition behind it, but that wasn't the flavor profile that mm-hmm. we're going for. We're trying to, we're separating ourselves from Scotch. We're American malt whiskey. So, uh, what we're looking at doing, and what we've succeeded at doing, is that we t- are taking North Dakota malted barley, uh, no. Smoke, no peat, right. Just nice sweet malted mm-hmm. barley, distilling that into a light spirit and controlling the amount of oak and putting it out that way.
2: Now is the is the corn that you go do you, you put in your bourbon, is that all kind of regional too? Is that all from it's, everything from North Dakota? Yes. That's so you're a one hundred percent North Dakota. Ingredients
1: as well as the potatoes that are going into our Tudor's vodka and Minions gin. Yes.
2: Oh my goodness, that that gin. We still haven't. We uh, y- your your brother brought down a a, a sample bottle, of the. Um, but
1: he couldn't find a bigger bottle or
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've been advocating for, for you guys for two years now, and he just brings this little thing.
2: Well, also two uh, other well, giant he, bottles He, he of did stuff, buy. Yes.
0: He did bring down two bottles of the Minions and the, and the in the Motorhead and the Motorhead. Yeah.
2: Uh, speaking of that, I, mm-hmm. I I just saw the 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 original bottles that that Motorhead's supposed to be in. Oh, yeah. So much better. I mean, it's just so much because you guys had the supply chain shortage yes. with the Motorhead originally. I think. I mean, the bottle is in is fine, but seeing now it what it's meant out to be just in, right? It's the same. The existing <laughs> bottle. It still gets into my glass, so no matter <laughs> what. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that's very cool, and and that's that's a great story. Um, if you can take just a few minutes on that, how you guys. Uh, a, a distillery in Fargo, North Dakota, was able to go across the pond to one of music's heaviest metal bands. And they they looked at you guys and said, yep, that's the one we want to drink.
1: <laughs> well, uh, a, a lot of that starts back with the success that we've had at tastings. Uh, we've we've exceeded 40, almost 50 awards nationally at different tastings. Wow. Uh, our Glen Fargo American Walt Whiskey got a double gold and best in class in new york just before covid shut down new york oh man and man. That's, that's spectacular anyway um back in actually i think it was 2019 or was it, 18? it was 18. um they approached us uh, the brand owner the broker for us mm-hmm. this great uh, partner of ours approached us that said will you do a contract whiskey for us and f- so for the first about nine ten months we didn't even know who we were. I was going to say, so how, many, how many
2: Motorhead songs did you did you have on your phone as you were? <laughs> <None>. <laughs> well, so, to begin with, we didn't even know who it was. So they kept coming out,
1: and, oh they want more. They want more punch. I go, well, if we could add some rye. We don't have rye in our others. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at adding some rye and some components. And the more rye, they, they liked it better. They liked it better. So okay, they settled on this. And finally, I asked. so Okay, who is
2: this? Right, <laughs> and they said, "What are you?" Oh, cool! <laughs> well, and you probably you probably had one of the greatest rock whiskey drinkers of all time. Yes. you know, and in his band, deciding. I mean, so that's a, that's quite an honor, really. Well, and that's I mean, what they are guys... looking
1: for too is something as a punch in your mouth. Yeah, something very bold, and that rye gives it to it. And we've we've found the the blend and the the mixture, not the the ratios. Mm-hmm with the rye to corn to barley that that work well together mm-hmm. and it's still got some sweetness from it but it's got the rye boldness so
2: oh it's it really was you you it's so hit and miss with any of those um you know uh spa, it's not sponsored what's the word i'm looking for uh, source c- celebrity. Oh, the celebrity yeah, yeah. bourbons, you know, because a lot of time they just want to throw their name on something. They don't give a crap what it is. You know, we, we always laugh at Mila Kunis because, she, I mean, her name is just on Jim Beam. She doesn't give a crap. She doesn't <laughs> drink it. You know she doesn't. Well,
1: what, um, was, what was great is that they approached us and it was all because yeah. of the, the notoriety and the awards. And they wanted to be small. They wanted to, coming from... They didn't want it from a large producer. They were sure. looking for something small, and uh, it, you know it worked out fantastic. That's
2: it's 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 a really it's it's delicious. I mean, so far, uh, of all the ones we've tried, we've done the bottled and bond in your gin barrels, which that that's one of the most unique things.
0: Yeah, that was that was an interesting twist on the end of that one.
2: We we cracked it. Neither one of us tried it, you know, uh, beforehand while we were filming it and talking about it a little bit. And we both took the sip and looked at each other like, "Whoa, <laughs> Whoa that is the most unique whiskey flavor, bourbon flavor. I
0: mean, I, I think I've ever had. Yeah, outside it, of a flavored, you it's, know, it's a nice. I don't know that 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 gin finish on it's like it gives it a nice spring does, summer.
2: Does anybody else? Does anybody else do that? Have you ever come across anybody else that has done? Something We've, like
1: that. Uh, I don't know of any, yeah. but and this was kind of an experiment. We just did one barrel the first year, and we're going to do more for the second season. <laughs> it uh, it really lightened bond it. too. You'll yeah. you'll do the yeah. whole yes. thing, okay? Yeah. But it it really lightened it, not lightened it, it brightened it. Yeah, It really elevated the overall, the aroma, the notes, the nose, the the palate. It all brightened it and lightened it um, while still being full
2: flavored. It, it's it really a cool spirit. Super unique.
1: It are. makes
3: the best old-fashioned.
2: Really? No, Did, well, I think we talked about that. Because you get a lot mm-hmm. of
3: that orange characteristic from it, and then you get all of those different botanicals from the gin that kind of take over the the need to put in a lot of bitters into it. So it's, oh, sure. it's a very simple and easy one to build up into it.
1: Well, well bitters, uh, a lot of ingredients in the gin are the same as ingredients that are in bitters. And so... Uh, the whole the, the whole progression of that is is that um, we took our Minions gin, our green label standard, which is very um, fruit-forward, citrus-forward, mm-hmm. less juniper-forward, uh, and we rested that in a used crooked furrow barrel. And uh, depending on how many times we've used that used barrel, uh, if anywhere from three months to six months we've rested that gin, it, and that is our Minions barrel-aged gin. Uh, and then the crooked furrow bottled in bond, what we did is that we took a four-year crooked furrow and then rested that in a used Minions reserve barrel. So it went full circle with the bourbon into the gin and then put the bourbon back into it. And it picked up, it, it, it doesn't really taste like gin, but it picked up some notes and it's kind of like bitter notes from right. the bitters. Uh, and just kind of elevated it, and it makes a great old fashioned because, if you will, the bitter flavoring is already in there.
0: Your, your description of brightening it is spot on. I think. I mean, it, it, the crooked furrow itself is such a nice bourbon to begin with, but the, then the then the resting it in the in the after the gin comes out, it just it's just more vibrant.
1: Yes, vibrant and light. I
2: like that one
0: too. Mm-hmm. It's
2: yeah. How, how it works together is it's so hard to explain until you try it. You can't because you know it. It's not a gin flavored bourbon or vice versa. It just, you know, you've got to get a bottle and, and give it yeah, a try. It just
0: it like it adapts. Mm-hmm. A
2: little. And speaking and, of real quick, a bottled and bond question that I want: when when you when that happens, when you guys are doing the bottled and bond, everything is stays in your distillery, right? I mean, the barrels they don't they don't go anywhere to a government. Oh no! Correct. Yeah. Right. No, no yeah, it's just it's
1: it's just within the bonded premise.
2: I know that's a stupid question, but I just I had to ask somebody <laughs> that knew. So they they must. So you you tell them or whatever agency it is that this is what we're doing with it, and then do they check on it? Do they how, how do they how they are they keep involved? Tabs on it. Okay. Yes.
1: Um, but for the most part, it is that it. though it, so bottled in bond is that it must be made by one distillery kept in that one distillery, us, uh, so that's what we do mm-hmm. with all of our products. So. Right. And then uh, bottled at 100 proof. And it must also be from the same single season, which that's one of the bottled and bond that on down the road when we have multiple seasons, oh, it also must be four years old. So right. Four years old, single distillery, always on same within season. that yep. same premise, i.e. bonded right. premise. Uh, those are the Those are the rules for it.
0: Okay. And they, then, do they send a guy to Fargo to check on you? Or, you know, Elliot Ness isn't showing up. I mean, <laughs> do they just call um, and like, we, hey, you still got all the stuff there?
1: We, we have been visited. Oh, and have you? They, were, they were in Fargo, and then they stopped in and said hi. And it's oh, a, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, we were, because we were kind of kicking around that idea of you guys had to keep it in a, in a locked place where, you know, they have a key and you have a key. <laughs> and they well, actually, that and part of it is a... true, because yeah, in, in, oh, is in, really? oh, yeah, in
1: our bonded <laughs> premise... There is, a, and it's a do not duplicate, and it's a different key. There, There's a lot of rules. Oh, that's
2: oh, so yeah. cool.
1: And, oh, and by the way, yes, it is locked also. It's good to lock
2: up a distillation. Well, yeah, I suppose that was a really it's dumb like question. It's yes. like all the rest of the <laughs> Trickett right. Farrell is running free. Yeah. We've got free-range bourbon, free bourbon here. free-range bourbon in Fargo. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, you guys have the vodkas and the gins and uh, the different versions of your bourbons and then that Glen Fargo, that malted whiskey um i mean you guys it's it's easy to see why you're award-winning and it looks i mean the time and the effort and the patience and the stuff you guys have put into this you know you're you're not taking it and 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 sourcing it you're not getting it from lawrenceburg you know you're not going on to indiana and grabbing that and slapping your name on it and i think that shows you know it because it is when we started this whole conversation it's all about patience you know with bourbon it has to be and if you can't be patient with it, then you're going to have a product that that sucks, that just isn't any good.
1: Uh, I, I'm not a very patient person. <laughs> I just don't think about it. You know, sure. We put that down now, and it's going to be four years or five years before we get to. Yeah.
0: Well. So have you ever had, I'm assuming that you've had a, a frustration where you've waited patiently for X amount of years, and you went to steal some out of it and went. Yeah, we got to go back. <laughs> that has to happen, doesn't it? We have a couple
1: barrels that are back in the corner. That um, <laughs> are they going on the wall when you walk in?
2: This is the barrel of like, nope, <laughs> no, it's the barrel it's of be, shame. No, yeah. they. Um, uh,
1: there was a little mixture problem where we were mm-hmm. making anyway. It um, so some new make got mixed in with when we were making a harvest blend batch. Oh, sure, uh, and some new make got mixed into, uh, and it. Um, So basically, it took uh, two-year bourbon that was really good, and we added in, by mistake, (laughs) new make that's not 2 years old right. so then we had to put it back in the barrel and wait two more years for the whole oh, thing to get <laughs> oh. so and that uh, so those two barrels we have them affectionately named uh, the Jeremy barrels <laughs> 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 who's, who's Jeremy uh, and what did he do wrong responsible <laughs> yeah. Does Jeremy still work there yeah. <laughs> yeah actually he did for still quite a while and um, he is now down in Arizona and is working for our distributor down there that is carrying us so. <laughs> well and then we and, so we all talk Sung in cheek, and he loves it.
2: That's tuba. funny. Um, and you're finally here in South Dakota, yes. which is, is so great. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to bug friends and family like, hey, if you're going up there, can you stop at a liquor <laughs> store? And now we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, and you got, how many states now are you in then, total?
3: Uh, we are now in Rhode Island, Michigan, um, North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota. Arizona, and soon-to-be Massachusetts. You must love your stuff on the East Coast.
2: Excellent. Um,
3: And then exciting news that I just got on my phone when we were (laughs) walking in is that uh, Motorhead's now going to be up in Canada. Oh, that's Mm, great. Yeah, we're trying to start looking at all of the ways that we can get it up in there, too. So they got sample bottles and absolutely loved it. Um, so we're now in the talks of getting Motorhead up into Excellent. Canada.
2: Well, I was born and raised in North Dakota, so we're practically Canada. I mean, we're, you know, we can say that. So let's just give it up there. There's also talk
1: of, um, well, not talk, they're, they're working through the logistics of it, but um, that Motorhead might be going to the Netherlands, yeah. over to Europe. Oh, man. First, so, because Motorhead does have... They have a, a
2: kind of a library, or they kind of have some, yeah, they have yeah, beers. And,
1: a, yeah, and they've got a European whiskey. Oh, and a European okay. beer, and oh then wow. have got an American beer, and then now our motorhead, Ace of Spades, American bourbon. And so they're looking at getting the bourbon back over into Netherlands to go along with their European whiskey. Perfect. So,
2: yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for, for talking with us this afternoon, obviously, and for yeah, coming can't down. can't wait
0: to see it on the shelves here.
2: I know. And you said, <laughs> it, right before we sat down, you said that, uh, you what did you call it? You referred to it as?
3: We went 100%.
2: Went 100%, which meant? That it's in everybody's story that you went into said we'll take it. Yes. Yes. Man, that's got to feel good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worth it. I mean, it is. There's Rob and I constantly talk about it. Um, you know, we have our favorite uh, bourbons and scotches, um, but that has elevated itself to we'll always keep a bottle at home for sure. It's it's just that good, and it's so great that it's made around here that we kind of get a little. I mean, I know South Dakota, whatever, um, but we we we, we, get a, we get a little claim of it because you know we're the Dakotas. So, right. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. It's Proof Artists and Distillers. Uh, the the Crooked Furrow Double Barrel is my all time favorite. The Glen Fargo's great. Are you guys are still? That was the first bottle that we
1: had. Mm-hmm. Are, are you still you, are making you guys that? still making that? Y- yes. Okay.
0: okay. I, I've I've sent. People in search and they always come oh, back with yeah. the single barrel. And the.
1: Okay, you might have the original, original barrel is in kind of a wider, yep. yes, uh, the fancy bottle. Great yep. bottle, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. it's beautiful. So that one is now being reserved only for the bottled and bond. Because that oh, the glass on that okay. now went to like eight bucks for, <laughs> just for the glass, and the aside from being expensive, there were people that weren't willing and wanting to finish it because it's such a pretty bottle. It we is. Want to yeah. it. No, we want you to pull through it and get another one. <laughs> yes, I, I right.
2: finished mine in, in a hurry. Uh, yeah, they are the the bottling you guys have done too, and and that that's you shouldn't really you know you can't really understate that I think uh, a good bottle and a good package can make a big difference for the stuff you're gonna buy too. Yes. If it looks nice. You want it on your shelf, and yeah, sometimes you don't want to drink it, but come on, yeah. drink it. It's silly. You can keep uh, the bottle. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, Lexi, Joel, thank you guys very much for talking with us, and uh, we hope to see you around more, and I know we'll be buying most of what you have down
1: here. So. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
2: Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. you.